Welcome back to episode number 44 of the MP Dude. This is Jeff, the MP Dude, giving nurse practitioners a voice. That's all of our voices, so keep those comments, questions, concerns, issues, headaches, problems, whatever it is. I don't care what it is. I want to know what it is, though, because I need to know. I need to know. I need to learn. I got to make sure that I'm doing things the right way. And uh, and if I'm having questions and concerns, I'm going to get those out there to you guys. And I want you to do the same. I'm going to be your your mouthpiece. I'm, I'm the voice for nurse practitioners right now that that I know of. I don't know anybody else doing this. If there is, point me in their direction because I'll listen to their podcast too. <laughs> you know, I'm open source. I'm I'm game for everybody to do this. Um, so keep those comments and questions coming. I got a couple of them that came through, and I'm going to hit one of them. Um, was was through somebody that I, I've had a lot of communication with through the NP dude, and I really appreciate this guy. He's, he's a student. He's given me a lot of good questions and things that he's hitting and, and things he wants to hear about. And, um, and so I, I'm, I'm not going to use names. I, I promise I never use names unless you tell me it's okay to use name. You tell me that in your, in your, in your communication with me, and I'll use your name. I have no problem with that. But, um, but I'm not going to use his name, but I do appreciate the hell out of this guy because he's, he's, he's a pretty loyal listener. Um, I'm getting a lot of feedback from him and a, a bunch of other people that are um, pretty pretty regular in listening. And so I, I appreciate that, guys. I really do. You guys are regulars, and uh, you guys are always open door to, to communicate with me. You guys got issues, and you need help with something, I, and, and there's a way I can help. You let me know. That's That's what we're here for. We're here to help each other. That doesn't mean free legal advice, by the way. I can't do that. That'll get me in trouble. Anywho, um, I hope you guys enjoyed the uh, the brief intro episode I did the other day, and I and I apologize. I'm I'm, at, I'm kind of on schedule again. I'm caught up on my charting. I'm caught up on some things. I had to go to a seminar over the weekend, and and uh, it was a good seminar, but it was you know uh, you know usually try to catch up on things on the weekends, and and so I'm finally getting back to a schedule, and hopefully it'll be a little bit better. But you never know. Stuff is busy. So what do we want to talk about today? Well, let's start with one that that was a Facebook post that I saw that was really pretty. Um, let's just say it this way. The the post came out and I was like, I'm not even going to comment because it's going to fill, it's going to fill my, you know, my day with people just reading posts because it's as opinionated as, as, um, anything could possibly be. So what's this topic and what's this issue? And I, I even did, finally, I said, you know what, I'm going to put this in the show and I'll post and, uh, and I'll, I'll let you guys know just so that you can guys can hear a verbal of a response of somebody that has a little bit of experience in the legal world. Question. Person's working, uh, three months in, new, new NP. They get a review that is less than stellar. Says you got some work to do and they give you some guidance as what that is, but then they don't help you get anywhere. They don't help you to, to achieve the goals that were established. Okay, that's that sucks right there. That's that's a bad situation, right? Because you're you know you're you're new. You want to learn. You're trying to learn. You you got all these new things coming at you, and uh, now you got you know a bunch of extremely well, you know seasoned professionals pointing at you saying you suck, you know, or you know I'm not saying that, but I mean that's the feeling that you have when that happens, right? And so now you're like, oh man, my ego is completely shot. Now I'm, you know, now I'm second guessing everything I do, and so you just get caught in this downward spiral of man. I'm, I don't know. I'm second guessing. I'm just not doing well. Whatever it is. Um, and then you come into your next three month review, and they say, you know what? We're probably not going to re- redo your contract in six months for a one year contract. And uh, you know, 
what what does that mean? Does that mean you're <laughs> I got to gut it out for six months with with some people that I you know really don't want to be with, or um, am I going to get terminated? You know, who knows, right? What's what's the next step? So here here's the advice that I was seeing in this post that was like, all right, I gotta I gotta say something just because I'm I'm concerned for this person, but. Um, and again, this isn't advice from a legal standpoint. This is just me talking hypothetically. If it were me in that situation, what would I do? And and the first thing I would do is I would want specifics written down. <laughs> I want to see specifically where I'm deficient in what I'm doing. Because of, I, I just want to know what I need to work on, whether it's working for you or working for someone else. I want to know. And I want you, you know, I'd like it written down in my performance evaluation. So that way I have a copy of it. Now, Am I going to take that to a lawyer and say, hey, they're, they're harassing me and all these things? Maybe, but I doubt it. I just want to know. I want to have it written down because it's an emotionally charged discussion. And it's sometimes hard for you to communicate. Communication, by definition, is the giving and receiving of information. It's in both, both parties have to do it. So if you're emotionally charged, you're not going to receive that information as efficiently and effectively as you otherwise would. So that's why you want it written down more than anything. And it's also good documentation so that if they are making claims, you know, that you're violating your contract and you can say, well, look, I didn't violate my contract. Look at my performance evaluation. I, I was deficient in a couple areas, but that wasn't sufficient for me to breach the contract. So that's why I would do that. And, and I think that if you, if you ask for that and you say, look, I'm, you know, so it's only in my best interest that if you want me to learn and you want to try to help me be a better practitioner, why would you want to hire somebody else? You already got me on board. I kind of know some of the process. I'm starting to get a little bit familiar with the office environment. Why would you want to hire somebody else? So why wouldn't you want to help me get better? So what it sounds like to me is that there's some personal, just personality conflicts. And I've mentioned that before, personality conflicts. And I think that that's what's happening here probably more than anything else. So you got people that just don't, don't click. And it was a bad deal for both. It just, it wasn't, you know, not the right fit. Sorry, let's move on. Let's agree to disagree and we'll both go our different ways. And that's what I would try to do. I really would. I would go in and it said, oh, well, they're having a meeting and they're going to get back to me on Monday or whatever the time frame was. I would say, okay, that's fine. Go have your meeting and then let me know what you think. And then on Monday, I would, I would go in and say, look, what's the deal? I mean, if you're having meetings without me, about me, and, and this is a pretty regular basis, then just let me out of the contract. We'll be done. I'll move on. <laughs> let's let's agree to disagree and we'll go our different ways. That's what I would do. I wouldn't I wouldn't lose any sleep over it. Personality conflicts. Now, now the other side of this that maybe we're not getting, and they, because we're only hearing one side of the story here, there's always two sides. And I'm not saying that this person is doing a bad job. I don't know. I don't know. But maybe they are. <laughs> maybe they are doing a crappy job. Maybe everything that the physician is saying is true. Now, that doesn't give them right, the, the, him, I mean them. I don't know if it's a he or she. I don't know the, the physician's a female or not. I don't care. But maybe maybe they, they aren't warranted in being an ass to you, an unprofessional. That's a different issue. But maybe you aren't meeting the expectations that were outlined in the contract. Maybe you're just not doing it. Maybe, maybe it's too much too soon for you. Maybe you'd need a different environment that does have more hand-holding. I, I don't know. And by hand-holding, I'm not trying to be derogatory, but, but that, that's what it is, right? I mean, you, somebody that you can go to with and say, I don't know how to do this. And they, they expect that you, you're going to do that. 
that's that's a good environment for some people. And and so my recommendation, and I see a lot of people saying, go get a lawyer, go get a lawyer, go pay a lawyer, go get this done, get that. You need to protect yourself and all this. And I'm sitting here thinking to myself, well, I'm going to back off. If they start threatening you with a lawsuit, yeah, you go get a lawyer. If they start saying, you breached a contract and now you pay us damages or money damages, go get a lawyer. But if they're going to release you from your contract and terminate the agreement, they terminated the agreement. And I'm going to go out on a limb and say, without reading the document, it probably says in there that you know, if it, any, either party terminates the agreement, then the um, um, the party affected by the by the termination does not have to uphold the other portions of the contract. There might be a severability clause or something, but but I doubt it. Most most. HR managers who write these agreements or, or steal them from someone else or pay an attorney 10 years ago and just keep reusing the same one probably don't have that much sophistication to worry about things like that. So if you're getting threatened with a lawsuit, if you're getting threatened for money damages for a breach of an agreement, yeah, you get a lawyer. And how do you get a lawyer? If you don't know who to go to, you go to your local bar association and you and you ask them and say, who is reputable? They will steer you in a good direction. They're not going to send you to the turd. Might be a little expensive, but you're going to get somebody that's going to help you. So you just don't go in the phone book and get those guys because those guys are usually not the guys you want. <laughs> go to the bar association in, the, in your county and ask them. Say, who, who do you recommend? That would be my recommendation. That's the only advice I, I can give you is if it goes that direction, get an attorney. But if it's just you protecting your information and you know worrying about whether you're going to get you know the boot on a, on a job that sounds like it sucks, why would you want to be there? I would I would be the first one saying this ain't working I'm out of here. <laughs> if this is this working for you? Nope, well, that's not working for me either. Let's agree to disagree. I'm on my way. We're gonna rip up this contract as though it never existed, and we'll part ways. I wish you the best. Thank you for the opportunity, but you do it professionally. You always do it professionally because word gets out there. You smile, you act professionally, you don't debate it with them, you just thank them for the opportunity, and then you get out of there. <laughs> then you never go back. That's my that's my recommendation. So if you have more specific issues on that one, you are welcome to PM me. I will talk in hypotheticals. I will never give you legal advice because I do not, I don't even know what state you're in. I don't even know. Don't care. doesn't matter. Not to me because I'm giving big picture ideas and that would help you to figure out what you need to do from your end, not from mine. So there's that one. Now the other one, oh man, my kid's got dog poop on his shoe in the house. Doesn't that suck? That's like a kick in the gut, isn't it? Oh well, I'll have to scrape that one off later. We'll make him do it with a stick. It's a good life lesson. Teach your kids to scrape dog poop off a shoe with a stick. So that's kind of a metaphor for this show. <laughs> You're scraping the dog poo off your shoe. That's kind of the same thing. Get out of that one. <laughs> All right. Anyways, and that just kind of happened. It was just ironic. It just kind of seemed like the same thing. Anywho, next topic. Um, let's see. Uh, comment came in. It kind of similar to this vein where it's a new. Per this person's the student. I was talking about thanking for for listening to the show. But what what he said was, um, hey, here's a good idea. Why don't you do like the first couple months in your in your uh, in your practice, tell me, you know, tell us about what, what to expect and how many hours you're working, what, what's your, um, number of patients at the beginning and how did you, you know, did you ramp up or was, you know, that, the, you know, that kind of stuff. And so it kind of goes along with the first issue. And so 
for me, and I can talk about me because everybody's going to have different experiences. This is very personal and it depends on how you negotiated with your, with your, uh, with your employer. What did you have in place for, um, the, um, the orientation period or preceptors or anything like that. Cause that's an, that's an old nursing thought and philosophy that, that doesn't carry over as well into the nurse practitioner world. And here's what I mean. When you went to work in, in the hospital setting, you had, you know, a week or two of like modules and training that you had to get you up to speed with the, the, the hospital stuff, right? their policies. And then you went and worked in the in the unit that you were going to be working in and you worked underneath an RN and they basically shadowed you and made sure and precepted you that that you were you were safe and that you were getting things done. That you, how many IVs did you do? Check that box. How many, you know, folies did you put in? Check that box. And and so it just was a skills-based you know, are they are they uh, dealing with rapidly changing in, uh, situations well, or do they get overwhelmed easy? Do they need more time? Do they not need more time? And they usually are pretty flexible. Usually, it's a long period of time. Even as an experienced nurse, you might have a month of, of orientation on the unit. Sometimes it's two weeks or a week, but usually it's it's a decent amount of time. So when you transition from being an RN to an NP, it's not necessarily the same animal. So if you walk into a physician's practice. And they've never had an NP before and say, well, how much orientation do you have? They're going to look at you like you got three heads. <laughs> They're going to be like, orientation? What the hell is orientation? You see patients day one. Yeah, because that's the, the model that they were trained in. It's a different animal. You know, by the time they get done and are ready to start working and they're licensed, you know, they, they've done a decent amount of, of, of hands-on. It's just, it's true. It's just the way it is. And so... I, I think that um, going into a practice, you need to really know what the practice is that you're going into, and do they have NPs already, and do they have, um, you know, do, have they, how long have they had NPs, you know, what what type of practice is it? Is it a specialty? Is it a family practice? If you're an FNP and you're going to a family practice, you're probably not going to get a lot of time. You might get a week or two if you're lucky. If you're lucky, and then you're going to be on your own. And, and uh, for me, I was I was on my own. Literally, I was there doing computer training on one day. My first patient was at the end of the day. Here, here's your first patient. Go. Yeah, okay, whatever. It's not a big deal. It's just a you know cold or something. It's not a big deal. You guys have done all that, so it wasn't a big deal. Now, if it's a specialty, I would expect that you're going to be you know a lot of handholding for for a long time until you're getting up to speed until you're safe. Until they trust you. And, and that's the biggest thing right there is how fast can you be trustworthy? <laughs> so it's really personal, right? If you, you if you have a passion for oncology, you worked on an oncology unit, and you're going to work in an oncology practice, then it, you know, it might take you a day or two to get caught up to speed and be ready to go. You know, But if you're going to go do dermatology and you've never looked at skin before in your life, it's going to take you some time to become, okay, yeah, that's what that is. That's lichen planus. Oh, okay, yeah, I got it, right? I'm trying to do those differentials. That might take a while. So it really, really depends. So for me, what, what did I do? So day one, literally, it was like the, that day I did computer training. Like here's the the EHR that we use. Here's how you get the, all this stuff. And it was like they showed me once and that was it. Literally, and I don't think it would have been different regardless of you know my background. I don't think that doesn't matter. 
because anybody that would have gotten through NP school would have been in the same exact situation. And I think they would have done just as good, if not better than me with, with the same level. Now, day two, I had, I don't know, eight or 10 patients, eight patients, I think. So it's like one an hour. That's plenty of time as a new grad. If you can't go in and talk to, I mean, they don't, the patients don't want to be there that long anyways. They're there for a cold or a cough or a sniffle. You're going to get the acute stuff typically right off the bat. Not always, but usually. And so you you know, you know, spend 15 minutes with them doing an acute visit, which normally would take you five or 10. In 15 minutes, you're in and out. you got 45 minutes to figure out the charting. I didn't find it hard at all. I mean, they were very reasonable, and I thought that was a good way to do it. So, And that would be a good recommendation. What would I recommend to the new grad as far as contract negotiating, what your expectations are when you get done or when you start working. And so my, my, my recommendation was do one patient an hour for the first two weeks. Put it in the contract or in the offer letter, somewhere in writing so that you could point to it and say, hey, look, remember how you said this and I'm struggling and we kind of set expectations and see, I, you're, you're pushing me faster than that, and I'm not quite ready for that. I'm okay with that, but I just don't want your expectations of me to be, you know, not met because my, you know, we wrote it down the expectations, and you're pushing me faster than that. So that would be a recommendation too: is put it right in the in your agreement. Offer a letter is fine. It could be in the contract as well. It doesn't really matter. I just I would get it in writing so that you have something to point to later to say, look, this is and it's a soft negotiation. That's the soft negotiation. It's more political. The hard nosed contract means you know you're either violating the contract or you're not. If you're not meeting your expectation because you're a little slow, does that mean you're violating the contract? In the first couple months that you're working there, I don't know. I mean, I don't think any un, any any reasonable person would say that. So I wouldn't get too freaked out about that. But I would put in the in the offer or in the contract, that, hey, I'll do what, one patient an hour for the first week, maybe two weeks, and then after that I'll do one every half hour, and then we'll do that for a while, maybe maybe even a month, until I get my feet under me, until I get faster with the EHR, and then and then whatever the expectation is for that practice, and it's as varied as what the practice is as well. So I mean, if you're doing fifteen minute follow ups and in you know in a specialty, you don't really need that much time. All the HPI is done. All the everything is done. All you're going to say is, you know, record reviewed, patient stable, medication doing well, patient has no new complaints. Done. I mean, your charting's fast when you do that. It's real fast. It's no new problems. You know, I mean, you're just doing follow ups. If there's a new problem, then it, then it adds a little time to it. But that's not even that big a deal. In specialties, you say, oh, see your primary care for that. <laughs> so it's when you're in family practices, when when you get stuck with all those extra things that take all that time. And that's when I talked about when charting one, right? Just all those extra things. And that was another question was some recommendations I saw from people that came in that were, um, you know, limit the number of things you do. But I, I, I kind of already said that, right? I mean, the reason that I went into, into family practice was because I, I really want to help people. And I want to help all of that person. And and it really depends on your patient population and whether you can trust the person or not that they're going to come back when you schedule a follow-up visit. And I've I've done that. I've done that where I have somebody that's got so many problems. It's like, all right, we got to, we got to thin this down. We're never going to get done. I could spend an hour and a half with you, and I, I, I can't do that. And I, and I get their, them to buy into that, that, oh, yeah, you, we can't do that. That's not realistic. So they just keep adding problems. I say, okay, what are the top? top couple that we can address today. Here's the ones that I saw that brought you here. 
So let's fix that one if we can and get it in the right direction. And then the next two, here's the other one here and this one. And we'll pick those off too while we're here. And then why don't you come back in a week and we'll go, I, it's important to me and I need you to come back, but, but you got to come back. And, it, and they don't. That's the problem. <laughs> so it's, you know, you, you have to trust, be able to trust the patient to be able to bring them back. And, and in the population that I have, just to be honest, there's a lot of them that are, you know, it's, you're lucky if you get them in the office once a, once a year for, a, you know, raging diabetic. <laughs> you know, just like, you know, I, I need labs. I got stuff on you. I got, you know, I can't keep prescribing stuff for you. If you're not going to be able to take care of yourself, I'm going to get, I'm going to kill you. I don't know what's going on with you. I got to be able to control that. And so it's hard. It puts you in a predicament where you've, you know, you have to walk that tight line of, you know, I'm trying to help people and give them the medications that they need. But if they're not going to participate in their own care, then, uh, you know, I can't just keep throwing, throwing medicines at people that are chronic without them, them coming in for me to make sure that they're okay. So, you know, there's, there's, and I'm still new at this. So a lot of my, my newer patients that I've had these discussions with, we'll see how it goes. And I think that's a big part of why I'm slow too. Is you know I'm just new at this. It's gonna take time. It'll get faster. I just was up till I don't know two thirty last night finishing my chart <laughs> for the week. But whatever, it's done. I'm caught up. Let's start a new week. We'll do it again next week, right? So it's getting there. Um, but yeah, I would as far as the 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 new the newness of what what is what to expect and put in the contract. I would say one one an hour. For the first week or two, and then one every half hour, every you know, for the next you know couple weeks, maybe two weeks, three weeks, you can always pull it back or extend it. Just it's just a target, and and having that conversation with people up front. Now, here's what happened to me. I got in there and day one, it was pretty much like every every hour. It was pretty consistent. And then the problem is, is that you're not credentialed in a lot of insurances. So once you start your credentialing process, it's, it, they trickle in. So you, it gradually increases the number anyways. So you don't need to freak out about that. They're not, you're not going to be credentialed on every insurance plan the day you start. If that was the case, then you, yeah, you're going to get pounded. But it doesn't work that way. You're going to have one or two or three insurance companies that you're probably going to be credentialed with right off the bat. And then you're going to go from there. Now, the, the practice that I'm with, the philosophy of care is if, everybody's booked and Jeff isn't and somebody calls and needs to be seen, you put them on the schedule. We'll eat the cost because I'm sitting there anyways. So it really doesn't cost us anything in additional cost, but someone's going to get good care. And so that's, a, that's an, that's why I like where I work. It's, it's, it's all seriously about patient quality, patient care, patient outcomes, making sure that people are getting treated. And so that's, that's fantastic. And that, that's why when I interviewed it there in that philosophy really resonated with me and with my background and why I'm doing what I'm doing, man, it was a perfect fit. Now, and it, you know, it's far away. I got to drive every day to get there, but you know, that's, I think so far that's making, making up for it. So I'm not worried about the drive. So it is what it is. Now, what would I, what would I say as far as, you know, if you're not up to speed with something, it just depends, right? I mean, what's your experience level with it? If, if you're not up to speed, you know, I was, I was ready for a patient every half hour, like within a week. I mean, I was like sitting around waiting. So the order of magnitude, it was within days. I was like, okay, all right, throw some more at me. I'm getting bored here. 
And then within two weeks, it was, you know, still trickling in. So I, I really haven't had the need to worry about getting um, my charting done because I had plenty of time between patients to get, get it all caught up, look at my labs, check out, you know, other stuff that's coming in, reports, ER reports, stuff like that. I had plenty of time to get it done. Now, what happens to me now is it just depends on, on you know, like this was kind of a wacky week where I... I got dumped, you know, the only, not dumped on, but I was the only provider on a day. And so that, that tends to push you into that where, you know, you see more patients regardless of whether insurance is covering. I don't know. I don't even look at the insurance, to be honest with you. I let them worry about it because there's so many of them that I know that I'm going to do anyways without having insurance that I'm covered on that we're just going to eat the cost on. So I don't even look anymore. I used to kind of, I was like, well, is, that my, is this are my insurance? Am I, am I, you know, credentialed with them or... And like, nope, don't worry about it. So, so the office staff manages that. I don't even look. I'm sure I will down the line, just so I know. And I, I do look at their insurance when I'm prescribing because if it's certain Medicaid's and I know it's not going to get covered, then I'm not going to give out an expensive, you know, ointment or cream or something to somebody that I know that they're probably not going to go get it filled. I'll just switch to hydrocortisone instead of clobetazole or whatever, and just and and talk to them about it. You know, if this is too expensive, you let me know, and because I don't know what all the insurances. Are. So as far as that that new that newness, um, I, I would recommend to really evaluate who you're talking with when you're doing your negotiation because you just don't know, you don't want to sound like you're unprepared. One right, it, because that might push them out, you know, into into the arms of some other NP that's graduated that that is saying, yeah, I'm ready to go, and you're saying, well, I need six months of, you know, hand holding. And that doesn't sound sound very confident, you know. I mean, you're never going to be confident when you start. You just don't. I don't care who you are. You know, you just you you have to be confident in not knowing. I've talked about that too, right? So, I just would I would really take a hard evaluation of who I'm talking to when I make that type of a negotiation. If I'm talking to a specialist, you bet your your sweet ass, I'm going to go in and say, look, you know, I don't know anything about this. And, uh, you know, I don't have a problem seeing your patients for a while, but I don't, you know, I don't know if your, if your treatment plan is appropriate. I guess that's a big leap of faith for me. You know, I don't want to get sued over, over your negligence either. And I don't know you that well, and I've heard good things, but you know, I, I want to be educated in this too. So I expect that there's going to be some certification type classwork, some continuing eds that I'm going to be doing in the first couple months. And oh, by the way, I need you to, to co-sign charts for a little while um, to make sure that that liability is also attached to you, not just as a collaborative, but as a co-signer on the chart. And so there's going to be some time on that. And, and you know, if things go better than I expect, Maybe it's only going to be three or four weeks, and I'll be good to go with with the majority of the follow-ups and things. But if I don't know anything about it, I, I, maybe two months. I don't know, three months. I, but that's a long time. That's a long time to be baby babysitting somebody, especially when the perception is, you know, and it's it's the double-edged sword. You know, you're you're a quote-unquote mid-level provider, and you are to you know to. You, be in your place, so to speak, from the respect of the of a physician, and you're not as good, quote unquote, as them, because they got special training in those specialties and things like that. But so that's the one edge of the sword is that you're not as good, right? But then on the other edge of the sword, they want you to jump in and go right off the bat. <laughs> so it's like, well, you can't have it both ways. But because they're making the payments, they can. 
So you have to be be knowledgeable of that as well. So that's all I'm going to say. I'm not going to beat this one up anymore. I, I think it's I've kind of covered it enough. But but um, just know what the expectations are and try to get it in writing. What the expectations are. It's not a contract. It's just put it in the offer that you know you're going to give me a month of you know orientation time to get up to speed with this, and then I'll see X number of patients per day and and whatever that is. And see what they're willing to do. Now, they may be starving for people to see patients right away in family practice. They may say, you know what, now nah, I need you here now, ready to rock and roll. That might not be the right place for you. You might end up in the same situation as, as the first the first uh, topic of, the, of today. So that's all I got on that one. Um, I am really happy with how things are going on this show. I, you guys are doing a great job. I'm seeing a lot of likes, a lot of shares. I think we're up to 640-something now. I don't know. We're getting there. Let's let's shoot for a thousand. See if we get a thousand. And the reason I say that that that's important is because every time I publish a show, it gets automatically updated onto my Facebook page. And what's cool is that I can see how many people like see that. It tells me how many people have seen that post. That doesn't mean that everybody's going to go and download it, but a good number of them will and go listen, or or at least remind them. Oh yeah, there's five new shows I haven't I haven't uh, spent time with in iTunes, and yeah, it gives them an opportunity to go listen. And, and why do I care if people are listening or not? Because I want to know what you guys are dealing with. So this is selfish reasons. <laughs> I want to know what's going on out there too. And I can only get so much of it through the Facebook and, and the Facebook. I keep saying the Facebook, but you know, I, I can only get so much information there. And it's just, it's, it's a time sink. It really is. It's a huge time sink. I could be much better suited having people email me, uh, Jeff at the MP com and, uh, say, Hey, you know what? This is a problem for me. And, uh, you know, maybe other people are having that problem and I can get that information and I can either look it up or if I know about it, I can get that out there. But some of the stuff I, I, I got to think about, it's like, Ooh, yeah, that's a good one. I haven't heard about that. Or I didn't even know that was in existence. I better start thinking about that and, and going from there. And so it's helping me immensely with you guys giving me feedback too. So this is a, a community. It's a, it's an effort that, uh, we all need to be a part of. And uh, I just hope you guys are having fun, too. So it's got to be some entertainment value to too as well. So if you're not having fun with it, you're not liking it, tell me. Shoot me an email. Send me a, a note through uh, uh, the Facebook. You know, give me a PM. You guys can always rate me on iTunes as well. I got another one on there. I saw that. Thank you. Keep doing that. It was all positives. I got five stars, but I only got three of them. But that's great. Keep going. It's still mocking me, though. It's still saying, you know, you don't have enough to get really rated yet. So everybody that's on iTunes... On the week, it's Sunday. I'm going to post here in just a couple minutes. Go on iTunes. Go on your in your rating system and just say, hey, Jeff, so this is what he is. This is why I like him. This is what I'm listening to him. If I suck, tell me that too. I just, But I need to know why. If you give me a one, I want to know why. Jeff's full of crap. All right. That's fine. I'm open source. You rate the hell out of me. If, if, I'm, if I suck that bad, I will go away. I won't bug you guys. But so far, everybody's liking it. So I'm going to keep doing it. And uh, I appreciate it. So don't forget to share and like the show. Um, as much as possible, the individual shows that's that, you know, I had one, somebody posted it and shared it and it went like from, you know, I don't even remember what the number was. It was like, say it was, I don't know, 400 views on Facebook. It went to like 1500 within like an hour. It was like, bam, that's how those things get out there. So the sharing is like the key. That's how, that's how people see this thing. So like and share as much as possible. You always catch me on iTunes. You can uh, rate me in my, my Facebook page as well. Nobody's done that either, but I think it's just because it's, it's kind of buried. You can rate me on iTunes. Keep the comments coming. It's beautiful out today. I got some Cub Scout stuff I'm going to be doing. 
We're gonna have a meeting outside. I'm doing Dutch oven dinner for the for the fam. So it's gonna be fun. It's gonna be a good day. I'm gonna plant some more seeds. Get my garden stuff ready. I'm gonna work in the greenhouse right now. I got a lot I gotta do. So I'm gonna go do it. You guys have a wonderful day. Enjoy your week, and we will talk soon.